This is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Progressive presents the sounds of the old world. The year is 2019 and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been the sounds of the old world. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports update was brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. On this edition of On the Record, we are going to speak about newly released book Jugal Bandi, which is basically. Uh, the story of the BJP in the Vajpayee Advani era, in fact, even before that, and the story of the BJP till 2004. It is uh, immensely readable, and don't let the size intimidate you because you just, I read it in just about 48 hours. And on the show today, we have the author of the book, Vinay Sitapati, and also a member of the BJP, Shoret Dogbul, joining us to talk about some of the new things that we learn about in this book. Thank you both for joining us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Sunitka. Thank you, Sunitka. Vinay Sitapati, I want to start uh, by asking you, you know, one of the first things that I learned in this book which was surprising to me because I was a new reporter when the BJP government came in in 99. Uh, And, you know, I remember being a trainee and covering the election campaign as well. And while I was a journalist then, I think what came as a surprise to me was the how you track the relationship between L.K. Advani and Atal Bihari Vajpayee. I don't think I realized how much of a love-hate relationship it really was. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, Sunita, I think the first thing your viewers and readers should know about this book is that Hindustan Times was Vajpayee's uh, favorite newspaper, favorite English newspaper. He, he read in Hindi, but he was not that comfortable speaking in English, but he would read the English newspaper and you know, in the Vajpayee household, mornings would be Vajpayee having some tea, his Pomeranians around him, and reading Hindi newspapers. But when it came to English, it was the Hindustan Times. Now, um, the, 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 one of the things that I found remarkable about the Vajpayee Advani relationship was that, um, you know, look, you the, you know, if you look at the three of us, and you know, when we have relationships that are forty years with you know parents, with uh, you know spouses, you know, with friends, it'll have ups and downs, right? Nonetheless, this survived, you know, so they were like an old couple squabbling in the park. They never divorced. And what I think is the most remarkable thing about this relationship, Sunetra, is that uh, it was it began with hierarchy, which is that in 1957, Dindya Lupadhyay orders uh, Advani, who's a 
uh, in the RSS in Rajasthan to work as secretary to Vajpayee because Vajpayee has just become a Jansang MP and the, he needed an English speaking type, right? A Macaulay Putra and Advani was very much that person, a missionary educated man to navigate Lakhians Delhi for Vajpayee. And from 1968 to uh, 1986, it was Vajpayee who was boss and Advani reported to him. From 1986 to 1995, the roles were reversed. Advani ran the party. Uh, he was the face of the Ratyatra, the Ayodhya movement, and Vajpayee uh, reported to him. And once again, from 95 to 2004, the roles were reversed with Vajpayee at the top. I haven't come across any relationship in modern India where the hierarchy was switched not once but twice. And Sunetra, as you know, this is a country in which you know, when you're about to become foreign secretary, if you're quote-unquote superseding somebody one or two batches senior to you, they all resign. We are so hierarchy and status conscious that to see a relationship that is able to switch hierarchy twice is quite remarkable. And that is really the spine of the book through which I tell you the 80 years or the 100 years that preceded Narendra Modi. So if you want to understand this moment, you got to begin in the 1920s. No, that's fascinating. Did you, Sharadoval, did it surprise you? I mean, as an insider, because it certainly surprised me. Did it surprise you? No, actually, it did not uh, surprise me at all. Um, because, uh, as a matter of fact, I found one statement uh, in his book at the end, very telling, which is uh, the, condolence, uh, the condolence message that um, Advani Ji uh, said in his speech at the at the funeral of, of uh, or this, the, 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 the post funeral ceremony of Ajpati, which is where he called himself his ideological colleague. Yeah. You know, now while Vinayat says that, you know, that, you know, more than that, you know, it was not love and hate. But for somebody who comes from an ideological background, not just the party, but, you know, also working in India Foundation, working with, well, as a son in institution, you see the biggest tribute in, a, in an ideological movement is that of having an ideological comrade with whom you spend your entire life working on things that are important to you uh, from a national perspective. So in an ideological party, hierarchies aren't that important. Roles are. And we often see people switching roles depending upon what that larger objective is. So to that extent, I think, of course, you know, individuals, have egos and issues like that. That aside, but by and large, in an ideological party, and at least in the in the BJP or the or even in the Sun, I have not found uh, hierarchy to be a major uh, issue at times. Uh, you know, but most of the right, if I might interrupt, I don't think. Look, I agree with Shorya that it has something to do with the BJP, right? It's the, in other words, the Jugal Bandi was. It's not a coincidence that it was a BJP movement, right? But on the other hand, Shorya, there are other ideological parties in India, right? There's the Communist Party. It's an ideological party. They're constantly splitting on ideology. So ideology yes. is a negative there, right? Uh, the BSP, a grand party in India in 1984, when it was founded by Kanshi Ram, it had an anti-upper caste ideology, how to unite non-upper caste across India, right? And today it has been reduced to a party of one caste in one, one state in India, Right. So it had a grand ideology and it also had something like the RSS, the Bahujan Volunteer Force. Right. It had a majority ideology, just like the BJP has a majority ideology, which is Hinduism. And the puzzle has been that Hindus don't support other Hindus. Right. They don't think of themselves as Hindus in that sense. The same. It was the same puzzle that Kashi Ram was, was dealing with 
he could have created an anti upper caste ideology which is 80% of india right why does the bjp win because there's something about their movement there's something about shorya movement and i call that hindu fevicol which is that from an early age vajpay advani amit shah and modi for example in the rss they have been socialized into thinking that a view of hindu history or a view of indian history where indians and hindus constantly get defeated because they fight amongst themselves and it basically has been thrust on to them that if you break the organization today you are making the same mistakes as the marathas during the third battle of panipat for example that's what's remarkable and and and, and shorya can't say it i'll say it which is that if you look at all the bjp critics of modi today right arun shori yashwan sinha they don't come from an rss background right and yes. advani and, and again let me say it shorya won't which advani and murli manohar joshi are privately unhappy with today's jugal bandi they are, they feel humiliated they will not say it publicly because to say it publicly well, would be to destroy the family when i will, i will just i would try to add yeah. slightly conceptualize this point that vinay is saying vinay you are absolutely spot on on the concept the concept is that while some of these movements like you know the dravid movement the bs uh, the, the, the bsp movement etc feel is because at some point the individual became bigger or the individuals became bigger than the ideology or self interest became that is where that hindu fevicol of the sun comes the 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 ideology is always bigger than the individual and therefore uh, therefore as you rightly said you know you take one on the chin for the team and say yeah. that's fine you know you yeah. know and uh, and and the biggest example of this is from 1986 to 95 vajpayee has been sidelined from the party right completely right of uh, the congress is coming and asking him to join right because you know he will get the hindu votes without alienating muslims right and he says no any other party vajpayee would have left but instead he waits and had vajpayee left shorya in the mid 90s the bjp under advani would not have been able to get the coalition allies right so it worked out for the party now the negative thing for the bjp is that while i would say the ideology the organizational ideology of unity plays a part and a progressive ideology when it comes to hindus plays a part the, what also unites the organization is an atavistic fear of muslims right and that is there right from the founding of the BJ, yeah. of the rss in fact in in the early 1920s itself uh, savarkar hegdewar are reaching out to low caste hindus right savarkar sees in jail that low caste hindus are being in andaman jail that low caste hindus are being treated badly by upper caste hindus but at the same time they want to draw a very fine line between hindus and muslims so i write in the book that there's a shrine near nagpur where both hindus and muslims worship and hegdewar started a movement to oppose that so it is an organization that that pushes uh, in ideology it is extremely pro it is the, the, the remarkable thing about the bjp and the rss is in a hide bound hinduism where traditional hinduism is so hierarchical it is the most progressive force among hindus but it is also far more anti muslim than traditional hinduism traditional hinduism had a space for a variety of practices theological practices right so in uh, but 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 the but the today's bjp is much more anti muslim than traditional hinduism and all of this goes um uh, uh, in my view at least in creating this remarkable focus on unity yeah and i think the other way that that perhaps this kind of evolution that we see which comes across when when we read a story like this 
it becomes very clear and the difference becomes very stark you of course point out in the book how the two who you know started the jansang who got the bjp into power they were perhaps the most pro pakistan uh, yes. kind of thing which took the sang by surprise so these are things yes. that you know to be read in the book and of course what's also interesting is the, the uh, details uh, Sunetha, i i quote yeah. an amit shah quote at the end of that chapter saying yes. that you know the that let's not say vajpayee was pro pakistan because in india today then there'll be backlash against vajpayee that he did the most for peace vajpayee supported by advani than any prime minister india has had yeah. and they yeah. feel they feel right and does that mean they misjudge the adversary because they were failures right but go ahead uh, sunith no so i was just thinking that what's interesting is of course the fact that both of them bjp uh, and you know obviously it's this whole regimen it's this discipline it's this ideology that bound them together even though both of them came from very different backgrounds the man who turned to rss in between his tennis game which was advani yes. and yes. and vajpay who came in there because you know he was in that gut of bjp which is madhya pradesh and his family much more modest means but what yes. i wanted to point out also was the fact that you know i think what's interesting is what you've tried to do is that obviously uh, advani and um, i beg your pardon amit shah and narendra modi in the background of the story because we can see that you're tracing and yeah, kind of yeah. kind of you know you know shadowing the way that yeah, they reflect yeah. these to reflect the current two of today yeah, so what i wanted yeah. to ask you was that what's i i think it's surprising you reminded us all that in the beginning in 1995 narendra modi was one of the people who backed advani for prime minister and of course now you know especially we saw the way they said goodbye to Atal Bihari Vajpayee when he died, that yeah. things actually became totally different. So initially, they they were all backing. The Sangh was backing Advani for Prime Minister, and uh, it was of course Narendra Modi as well. And now it's interesting how history has turned, how how the you know the whole relationship has changed. Yeah, no, that, that's 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 absolutely true. In fact, you know, I I, I book ends in two thousand four, but I have a lot about the young Modi, the young Amit Shah. they meet in the early 1980s and i provide the circumstances in which they meet which is that the congress in gujarat is creating an anti upper caste coalition called kham kshatriya harijan adivasi and muslim right and so the challenge between for modi and amit shah is how do you unite the hindu base there right uh, and they they you know they became very close so much so sunetra that as i point out in the book in the early 80s itself amit shah and modi are known as jay and biru after the the hero, the two heroes in the film shole you know dharmendra and and amita bachchan um very much so right and also sunetra as i point out in the book that's the period in which vajpay is trying to quote unquote secularize the party you know he calls it a socialist secular uh, it's a socialist secular party right um that's also why the rss asked him to step down in 1986 so modi and amit shah are taking the gujarat bjp in the early 90s from a totally different direction from vajpay right also as i point out in the book in 2000, april 2002 vajpay wants to sack modi right i provide mm. details but the fact is well known and um uh, that's the only issue in which advani decides to fight back says no and advani says it because the rest of the cadre support modi right once again i think i'm the first person to point out in 2004 after the india shining loss of the national bjp vajpay once again tries to fire modi once again fails and once again accepts it right that's the other remarkable feature of the bjp you try you lose you you accept it nonetheless in 2018 when vajpay passes away 
Narendra Modi walks six kilometers in the hearse. It's not because he likes Vajpayee. They were ideologically very different, and Vajpayee tried to sack Modi twice. But a deep sense that family issues have to stay within the family. You cannot have, you know, uh, an exposure of that. That's why they win. And in contrast, Sumitra, yeah. uh, I pointed out in my previous book that when Narasimha Rao died, his dead body was kept on a pavement, wasn't allowed into the Congress headquarters. And when he was cremated in in Hyderabad, there were stray dogs pulling at the funeral pyre. It's not that Sonia Gandhi hates Narasimha Rao any more than the tension between Vajpayee and Modi, but the party ideology is so strong that you have to have a public portrayal of unity. That that's what makes them win, you know. So, so Sharad Dover, first let me ask you this, and then we'll take it to Vinay Sitapati as the historian, as the as the political scientist. I want to ask you. You know, we as we read the book, it reminds us again that you know how things got bitter between Advani and Vajpayee. That they wouldn't see each other for months. That he would be, even though he was the deputy prime minister, he would be excluded from these breakfast meetings between yeah. Vajpayee, his principal secretary, Brijesh Mishra, uh, and Ranjan Bhattacharya might be there as well. Uh, so these kind of things that were happening, and how even the families weren't talking. I want to ask you, Sharadovil, is there any kind of, uh, you, you know, could we say that about Amit Shah and Narendra Modi? <laughs> how, how can I comment on that? Well, you know, but but you see, you you know, you also provide I that in your. In your- I know I put you in a spot there, but I, I'm just no, no, curious. No, it's not a spot. You, it is, you know, yeah. it is. It is. I mean, my, my my answer would be as good as winners or yours. I mean, you know, I'm not privy to but uh, to to what goes on between two individuals. But even in this book, but answering that question to the extent that I can, even in this book, see, uh, and I'll uh, and I'll say this from again my own observations within the within the within the BJP and the and, and the RSS is that. You see, uh, individuals can at times differ on ideas, or even on policies, even on even on issues, and we have that all the time because you know in a in a in a political movement there are di- people with different opinions, but that does not mean at any point in time that there is personal animosity, because as I said in the beginning, Indian ideological party often your personal aspirations. Get subsumed by a larger cause. So, in your own book, you ask that once they come together, they talk, they cry it out, and it's you know, and and you resolve the conflict. You know, when we say the concept of a parivar, this is what happens in a family. Yeah. You know, you know, there is there is a there is there is no, but it doesn't become to that extent that you say, well, no, no, now I'm going to walk out of the family. You know, or I, as you said, you know that body of the of the of your, of your former leader is lying on the pavement because you did not see eye to eye. The very fact is that Atalji and Advaniji's respect within the BJP cadre, from Modi ji down to everybody, is unquestionable. People may differ with his policies. People, it's like me. I mean, I may differ with my parents on some idea or some viewpoint, but they are my parents still. You know that does not change, so that is not difficult to understand um, for somebody from the inside that there could have been situations and circumstances where two people may have a different viewpoint. But once the decision is taken, you will never find mostly a, a, a BJP karyakarta say that 
just because I did not agree with my the decision, I did not give it my 100%. After that, it was a collective decision. So yeah, I, I, I agree with Shorya, and I think I, I think if there's one lesson of this book for people who hate the BJP, and you know many of the readers will hate the BJP, uh-huh. is learn this from them, right? The, the, look at the DMK and the AIDMK. There's no ideological difference. Why are there two different parties, right? Uh, and as Golwalkar himself points out, and I quote, even single caste parties have the same problem. The Samajwadi Party is a one caste party, but the uncle and the nephew are fighting, right? The BSP is a single caste party, but Mayawati will never trust another Jatav leader to, to come. So more than anything else, it is this Hindu fevicol that other or, sure. or some idea of organization unity that's important. But Vinay, I want to I want you to address how the Modi Shah relationship is different or similar to the Vajpayee Advani uh, kind of dynamic. Right. So I end the book with that, but I, I also say it's speculative. See, because I'm an academic, so I need 20 years distance. So this is still evolving, right? I think one one similarity is that, you know, the, the, the point that Shorya makes that, you know, there may be, you know, when there's fights, there's disagreements, there's no divorce, right? There is a similarity. And, you know, there, you know, whatever you say about Modi, he has, he shows respect, at least he has visual respect, you know, to, to, to those in the past, even if he sidelines them when it comes to power, right? That's not just superficiality, it matters, right? So that's one similarity. I would say a couple of differences. Uh, one is, my sense is that Amit Shah and Modi would agree more than disagree. They're fundamentally cut off the same cloth. You put them in the room, they have similar instincts. Vajpayee and Advani had very different instincts, right? So on any issue, they brought different perspectives, right? Now you could say one was an Aruvian, the you know moderate hardliner. I think the truth is a little more complicated. They were they were both play acting, but they were fundamentally different people. And Advani in particular was a Macaulay Putra. He was an English speaking type. He didn't know even Hindi before he came to India in 1947-48. Uh, you know, he went to St. Patrick's School. And as you pointed out, I mentioned in the book, he's probably the only man to join the RSS after a tennis game, right? So very different social background from Vajpayee. Amit Shah and Modi, even though Amit Shah comes from a richer background than Modi, his father was a PVC trader in PVC pipes and, and Narendra Modi comes from a truly poor background. I think their instincts are the same, right? I think that's definitely one one very big difference. The other is that, and I mentioned this in the book, from 1957 itself, when Vajpayee was 34, he enters parliament and he is more or less unbroken for the next 50 odd years, right? Uh, so his prism of the world is central hall of parliament and he's very sensitive to what opposition parties think, right? On the other hand, Amit Shah and Modi did not hold a single job in Delhi before 2014, right? And as a consequence... They, only, they don't have to cater to the political diversity of India. Advani and Vajpayee had to. And that's the second big difference between the two of them. I would just going to add one small point to what Vinay was saying. I think, you know, what you call as, as uh, only Hinduism uh, or that binds the Hindu fevicol, I think I would like to clarify that actually it is nationalism. You, we may, you, may dif, dif, you know, people may differ on their concept of nationalism. What binds the BJP together and it's carded together is this whole uh, idea of nationalism. That is why, as you mentioned in a book, an MLA, uh, uh, Amit Shah, has the temerity to write to the yes. Prime Minister of India on a nuclear blast. And the Prime Minister of India calls him all the way from Gujarat and offers him an explanation. Because when it comes to a question of national issues, there can be difference of opinion. But hierarchy does not come in the way. 
See, that is why most people don't understand. But Sharia, the uh, version of history, this this reason I say Hindu fevicol is it's an analysis of why Hindus are weak. It's not an analysis of why Indians are weak, right? So the analysis of the RSS and the BJP has been that even though Hinduism is this is a is a great religion, why have they been constant invaders from outside, right? Yes, it is an analysis. It, so it in that sense, it's a the question is of Hindu and. And all, the, and and at a more conceptual level, the the in that the worry for someone like Golwalkar was that the problem of Hinduism is it doesn't have a authoritative organization like the Vatican, uh, nor does it have an authoritative text like the Quran. So this adds to the question of disunity, right? And you won't say it, but I, you know, I, and I talk about it in the in in the book quite a bit that this ideology of unity has a fear of Muslims, both an emulation of Muslims. That we have to be as united as Ahmad Shah Abdali, but a fear of it, and I, I, I do see that that fear originates in the Muslim League politics of the 1910s, the 1920s. But you know, today Muslims are, you know, have absolutely no power, political power in India, are not represented in the state. We've, you know, there's been an 80-year, you know, gap between that initial fear, you know, see the Malabar Rebellion, etc. Why still cling on to this idea? That the BJP RSS also has to defend the Hindu on the street. Why do you need that? You have the state. I I disagree with you there, but we will keep that for a separate debate because that's not the the topic of discussion today. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I I don't think that your 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 analysis of the BJP's genetic code is correct on that issue. I I don't think that at least my experience of now 13 14 years within the system has been that what binds the BJP there are elements of it which you are rightly saying about the ability to organize be disciplined to be able to uh, put something which is ahead of you larger than you but yeah. it is born out of a vision of how they see our, how we see ourselves and who yeah. we are as yeah. means out of fear of anybody else but we can take it up in a separate discussion. You know, the other thing I want to take up was that you go into a lot of detail about Vajpayee's relationship with uh, Mrs. Call, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and the fact that she was his, in a way, soulmate, uh, even though she was married to someone else and they all lived together. Um, and I think, uh, you know, and you give vivid details of that. Uh, and the fascinating thing that comes out is the RSS, while taking a moral stand on it and also getting a lot of complaints from others within the RSS family because of the fact that he promised them uh, a road to power and to political victory, that they were kind of, you know, they compromised on it. So tell us a little bit about those details. So, well, one is that, you know, um, I mean, look, uh, you've been a senior journalist for a long time, right? So what I'm saying in the in, in details are new. The fact is not new that, uh, you know, that Vajpayee uh, and Mrs. Call, uh, first Rajkumari, she was called Rajkumari Haksar initially, first met in Gwalior. They were 16 and 17. It was 1941. There was love. It was very innocent, small town love. It didn't fructify. I suspect there was family opposition. She was a second cousin of Indira Gandhi, right, through Nehru's wife. Um, and uh, they meet again in 1957, several years later. Vajpayee is now 34. He's a new, M- you know, new, newly minted MP. And Rajkumari Kaur since has got married um, to a gentleman who's a professor at Ramjas College in Delhi. And then, you know, the, the relationship continues, right? 
But more than the private salacious part, the, the way I wanted to focus on, on Rajkumari Paul was she was an enormously intellectual, confident woman, right? And she played a huge role in liberalizing Vajpayee, right? I think that's that. And I worry that everybody knows about this story. But because in India, we are a patriarchal society, we don't like to talk about it. What we do is whisper. Let's not whisper about it. Let's be honest about it. But let's give her credit as a remarkable 20th century figure in the history of the BJP, right? To give you a quote from a former BJP chief minister who told me this, Rajkumari Kaul was not just an intellectual influence on Vajpayee. She was also his B team. So suppose somebody, you know, from the BJP went and spoke to Vajpayee and yes. Vajpayee was a little curt. Then immediately, you know, Rajkumari Kaul would step in, would call the person, would, you know, would, would say, look, it's all okay. If anybody if, uh, in the larger RSS or BJP wanted to go to Ames Hospital, right, she would, you know, get them um, uh, into Ames. She knew all the, and I found out that part of the reason was that she always wanted to be a doctor. But because she was a woman, you know, in that early time, so this was one way in which she sublimated as well as got respectable because she knew very well the kind of whispers that were going on, right? I also point out that in the RSS in 1965, I have a meeting about Mrs. Call because people like Balraj Madhok have been complaining, right? And um, uh, many in the RSS were okay with it, saying that, look, it's not anybody else's problem, right? Like Bhausao Devras. But Golvalkar, who unlike other Sasan Chalaks, is a much more religious figure, religious man, right? He wants Vajpayee to break off. And to Vajpayee's credit, in my view, he says no, right? He says, not your problem. And, you know, I would say that Rajkumari Kaul won that battle because when she passed away uh, some years ago, at her funeral, right, it was uh, senior RSS leaders were present, right? And when Vajpayee passed away in 2018, it was Mrs. Kaul's daughter, Namita Gunnu, who lit the funeral pyre, a woman, right? And Mrs. Kaul's daughter who lit the funeral pyre, and the RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat was watching. Ultimately, they had to accept Mrs. Call's primacy in uh, Vajpayee's life. And I think India, you know, needs to know and celebrate Mrs. Call rather than just uh, whispering about her in the corners. So, so Sharadovar, come in on this. I want to ask you, was that just one rare instance which the RSS is not going to? Because we know how, uh, you know, as an outsider... As an outsider and a journalist and observer, uh, you know, the RSS is, of course, just, uh, you know, comprises, uh, uh, just has men. Uh, and so, you know, can you tell us about how the RSS would be about a relationship like this now? Uh, would it also be accommodating or was that just an exception? Okay, so... You know, I have, uh, I, there is nothing I can comment on, on what Vinay has said or on this aspect because I have no facts or no, no basis or no, you know, I, I have no, 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 no data to speak on this. But uh, I'll try to answer your second question and I can only answer from the limited experience that I have had. Of course, uh, you know, I uh, haven't, uh, I think of the Sangh as, as a place that, uh, you know, hasn't have don't doesn't interfere in the personal lives of people you see it is not a it, i mean at least i haven't seen people talking about people and their personal lives um, uh, you know or interfering with them as far as their professional duties are concerned people may have difference of opinions etc but uh, but you know uh, this this is not the culture of the organization and when you said as an outsider we think about it and we think it's a very male dominated or you know whatever conceptions people have about the RSS. I think many of them are extremely misplaced. 
Now, over the time, one could argue whether the sun should have gone out and tried to ex uh, explain itself. And maybe in the last few years, it has been trying to do that, but, but historically it hasn't done. But sun is extremely progressive on many, many of the issues. And, uh, and one of the things, that, at least I haven't experienced in it, is the fact that you find uh, too many people interfering in each other's uh, personal lives and making uh, viewpoints. As I said, the glue that binds most of us is an is an ideological cause is nationalism is you know is, is some larger vision of others and uh, and in that we understand that there are people with different uh, uh, personal choices that people make so you know i don't personally i don't see this as an issue either way where though when has tried to bring in the role of the sun what role this would have had well, he, he of so course, to that extent, uh, that he asked them to break off the relationship. But when I do, no, but, but, uh, but 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 uh, Sumitra, I also point out that within the RSS, there was a difference of opinion on this. Nanaji Deshmukh, for example, who I yeah. heard, I have, to, I have to verify, also introduced Shatrugan Sinha to his wife. So he was a matchmaker within the sun, right? And a but remarkable it, figure. That, no, but, a introducing, but introducing someone to their wife is not an is not supporting. Uh, 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 he did. Relationship he, he, which is he, out of wedlock. He did. He told Golwalkar that look, let them get married, right? Hmm. He, so hmm. he, he pushed back. He said, let them get married, right? So you see difference of opinion, and um, and Sunetra, you are also seeing the the role of women in the BJP. I think one of the most forgotten BJP figures is Vijay Rajay Sindhya, right? And I think we must mention. Yeah. Now, yes. un, both Vajpayee and Advani are remarkable politicians, but they were not mass leaders. In the sense, neither of them could win a state, right? Unlike Narendra Modi, they couldn't win a state, right? Um, Advani understood the Kader, Vajpayee understood parliament, right? And he was a mesmerizing speaker. It was people like Vijay Rajesh Sindhya who were the mass leaders of the Jansang and then the BJP. She could win Madhya Pradesh, right? And what I find remarkable, Sunetra, is that she, you know, even though she was so pivotal to the RSS and BJP, even though she was yeah. always the RSS candidate to replace Vajpayee, she said no. She said they are like my brothers. I won't go against them, right? And she, the only position she reached at the end of it uh, was vice president of the BJP, which is quite lowly, right? And I asked her daughter, and I quote this in the book. I asked Vasundara Raji, "Why did your mother never demand more from the BJP, right?" And she thought about it, and she said, "My mother is used to doing this, which is giving, not doing this, which is taking, right?" And I think that exemplifies this, this sense of self-sacrifice, what, you know, the quote I have for her is Atma Vilopan, that makes the BJP different and other parties can learn from, right? Do, do you think Modi and Shah are much more accepting of the RSS's advice than Vajpayee was? Yes, there, I don't think there's any d d debate about it. I think between 98 to 2004, when Vajpayee was prime minister, his single biggest enemy was the RSS generally, but specifically KS Sudarshan, who happened to be the Sassan Chalak during many of the years. They had a personal animosity. If it was Raju Bhaiya, it would have been different. That's the other thing that the RSS is not monolith and the extraordinary power given to the head of the RSS means the personality of that head shapes the RSS during various periods. That's another thing you see in the book. Okay, my final question to you, uh, even though this is a fascinating conversation, I couldn't I love asking questions uh, of an author of a book that I enjoyed reading. Uh, my Thank final you. question to you both is that, you know, uh, one of the things that you mentioned uh, is the fact that Nusli Vadia, Jinnah's grandson, yeah. Uh, yeah. is, you know, he was one of the original 
people who donated and was one of the major kind of financial supporters of the Jansang yeah. and the BJP yeah. till 2004. In yeah. fact, you pointed in the book how Nanaji Deshmukh would go and stay there in his house in Bombay. Yeah. And not just that, for everyone watching, what's fascinating is that he also gave pocket money to Vajpayee when he didn't have any source of income, yeah. when he was yeah. out of parliament, right? So tell us yeah. a little bit more about that. And of course, then perhaps Shara Doval can tell us about how the financial... Uh, uh, you know, financial uh, status of the BJP has changed from that of, of a modest yeah. party and now the richest yeah. party, perhaps. Yeah. So, Sunetra, I can't make this up. Jinnah's grandson is the single biggest funder, or the, not the single biggest, but the biggest funder of the BJP from roughly the early 70s to all the way till 98. Because once the BJP is in the cusp of power, uh, then all the corporates are running, right, to them. The, 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 the greatness of Nanaji Deshmukh and of Nasri Wadia is that they supported the Jansang and the BJP when they were down, right? And by the time Pramod Mahajan, you know, becomes the, the, the money face of the BJP in the early 90s, all the Bombay corporates realize that the BJP has to come to power and we have to hedge our bets. That makes Nasli Wadia even more remarkable. He also supported them during the emergency, right? Um, and that, and they had, a, and, you know, and he used to consider someone like Nanaji Deshmukh like his, 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 his uncle or his father and... I can't tell you how different the social backgrounds of these two are. You know, Nanaji wears a dhoti, speaks halting English. Nasli Wadia is, you know, one of the richest families in India and the grandson of Muhammad Ali Jinnah. Jinnah had just one daughter who he disinherited, who married, um, and the daughter married um, a Wadia. Jinnah himself married the, one of the richest family, Parsi families, the Petits. Uh, and, uh, and uh, of course, and, and Nasli remained behind, but and he was completely ang- anglicized. Uh, and it's a remarkable story, right? It's an absolutely remarkable. Now, in the BJP, people know about it, but the irony is just so delicious that I wish there's a book just on that question. Sadly, Nasli refused to meet me. I tried a lot, right? So I met many of the people close to him who were handling his finances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, as a as a journalist, you know how important it is to get the primary source. I I, I failed with that. Answering the second question a little bit, and then I'll, I'll leave it to Shorya to answer that. The money situation for the BJP changes in the early 90s. Until then, they were a poor party. They were very careful. Mm. And the reason for that is all, all obvious that corporate India only cares for political parties that are winning. Right. And the BJP only comes to that in the early 90s. And I do write there that I think Pramod Mahajan is a bit maligned. He was seen as a flashy money man. But frankly, Vajpayee Advani knew what he was doing. Right. And they yeah. would have kept him there. Had he not, uh, if he was taking money for himself, it was money taken for the party, right? But, you know, someone like Nanaji, the Jugalbandi of Nanaji and Nasti Wadia is, if possible, even more interesting than the Vajpayee Advani one. You know, the two of them being the fundraisers of the BJP coming from such unlike social backgrounds is really quite remarkable. Uh, Shara Doval, uh, what do you think that, I, I'm sure that you think the BJP would like it, like this word to get around that their initial funders, their initial financial supporter was Jinnah's grandson? Is, is, are, they, are they going to be comfortable embracing that fact? No, you know, I, you see, I will, I, will, uh, I will answer it like this, that uh, at every point in time, uh, there are enough people in this country who... Uh, believe that if, if they believe that you're doing something for a cause, they come out and support you. It may well have happened that Mr. Vadia and others like him probably thought. I'll tell you from my own example. I started an, I, I started a think tank in 2009, the year the BJP lost the election and there was no prospect of the BJP ever coming to power at that point in time, right? 
and I always say this, we've never, even a think tank is a small thing. Think, we've never had a resource problem. We've always had a capability problem, people enough to work. Somebody on the other side, Achha kaam kar rahe aap desh ke liye. Kariye, kariye. we will support you. So parties like the BJP, ideological movements, they go through ups and downs. Sometimes they are in power, sometimes they are out of power. But there is a, 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 a section of people in this country who identify with the nationalism and the and the and the and the work that and the ideals that the BJP stands for. So I am not surprised. And they are the most unassuming people. You will probably never hear about them if you probably had not written this book, who felt that something wrong. Maybe Mr. Vadia actually did feel. I mean, just because he's well, I think he is no, but I think he also he had a visceral dislike for the Congress Party. And he had personal relations with Vajpayee Advani, but most importantly, Nanaji Deshmukh, uh, Ramnath Goenka. So he, I, I, I would buy that. Like, especially, for example, he also funded uh, Nanaji Deshmukh when he fights with Vajpayee and leaves on Vanvas to Chitrakoot. Some of that money comes from Nasli himself, right? Uh, what I didn't know is what is Nasli's relationship with the current Jugal Bandi. I don't know that. But quite frankly, if the BJP uh, uh, should be a very, very grateful that here was this one businessman who stuck with them, a flashy English-speaking businessman, who stuck with them when the chips were down. And now that the chips are up, they should be a little grateful. No, no, that, well, Vinay, that is the mistake we make. That is the mistake we try to judge a cover, you know, a book by its cover. Which we should. <laughs> you know, just because somebody wears a suit or a flashy thing doesn't make him more or less of a... Of some, or just somebody wears a dhoti doesn't make him less progressive, you know, or less smart. It is sometimes a lot of people, as you when you started the conversation, come into this movement from different streets. So, uh, I have a photo here of Nasli Vadia. Does he look like he belongs to the BJP? You tell me. Push no, it back a bit so we can see it better. Yeah. Uh, does he look? Look at him. He looks like he should be in Society magazine, yeah. not in. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on that note, and judging books uh, by their cover, this one certainly is uh, the story of the two. And I, I promise you, even if you are an insider, you will, if not, if not a complete revelation, if you're a complete insider, then you will be reminded of a lot of things that you may have forgotten. So, congratulations on this book, Vinay Sitapati. Thank you, and thank you, Shaila, for your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All the best. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you want to send your feedback, if you have questions, remarks, opinions, send your feedback to us on HTC Smartcast. We are there on Twitter and on YouTube. You can also send it on our website. You can also reach out to me personally at Sunetra C on Twitter or at Miss Sunetra on Instagram as well. I'll be back again with another episode of On The Record. Till then, keep listening to HD Smartcast. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.